This episode is sponsored by our friends at Fujifilm North America. Their X-Series digital cameras and lenses may just give you that creative edge you're looking for in your portraits and events. You'll find everything from 40 megapixel image quality to 40 frames per second bursts, plus unique in-camera film simulation modes and effortless usability. Click the link in the episode description to find the full range. There has never been a better time to invest in your passion, so make sure to click the link. Hey there, it's Nikki Klosser, and I want to let you know about an awesome free giveaway for people on our email list. If you haven't already, click the link in our podcast description or go to theportraitsystem.com slash sign up to get on the list. If you sign up, you'll get a free posing 101 PDF to jumpstart things. It's an epic PDF, so you'll definitely want to get this. Also, just by being in our email community, you'll get deals, sales, and information about any of our upcoming events and activities. So head over to theportraitsystem.com slash sign up and sign up today. Those pictures become the most priceless, most beloved things, those happy moments and those family photos. And it just, it seems to keep happening over and over in my life. And it's just a great reminder of the value of what we do. This is the Portrait System Podcast, a show that helps portrait photographers and people hoping to become one navigate the world of photography, business, money, and so much more. We totally keep it real. We share stories about the incredible ups and the very difficult downs when running a photography business. I'm your host, Nikki Klosser, and the point of this podcast is for you to learn actionable steps that you can take to grow your own business and also to feel inspired and empowered by the stories you hear. Today's guest is a total powerhouse. I adore her. Her name is Christina Hauser. She is so good at finding a way to make things work. Prior to being a photographer, she was actually a graphic designer, and she jokes about how she just wasn't really that good at it, and she always loved to do photography, so she decided she was going to just make the leap and start a photography business, and she did so well at it that she became the breadwinner of her family. She built her business up to the point that she now has a hair salon attached to her studio as part of the business. It's just so cool. One of Christina's superpowers is she's so great at connecting with people and super good at networking. So in this episode, she tells us all about how networking has really propelled her business. She shares with us about how being a photographer has opened up doors for her that she never even really anticipated you know, different aspects of the industry that now she's moving forward into. She's got some really incredible opportunities that she's going to share with us. Christina is just such a great example of someone elevating to the next level of creativity with her business and not letting fear get in the way of making those big moves. So I love talking with Christina. I know you're going to love listening to her. So please enjoy. She is a portrait and wedding photographer in the Tampa Bay area, and I'm so happy to have her here today. Welcome, Christina. Thank you. Hi, Nikki. How are you? I'm wonderful. I'm Well, I'm a little bit sick, Oh, other than that. I'm sorry to hear that, but I'm really excited to talk to you today. Yes, you as well. I know you have such an incredible story to tell, and I can't wait to hear it. You know, let's just start from the beginning. Tell us about what life was like for you prior to being a photographer. What did you do, and just what was life like in general? Well, I was a freelance graphic designer, a very struggling one. So (laughs) I thought it was something that I could do. I thought it was something I could make a business out of. It combined some of my passions and made me excited to create. 
But as life unfolded and I ended up with a newborn, I found myself living at my desk and working with clients, you know, from across the country or not locally and just in my pajamas and a kid hanging on me all the time. And it just wasn't fitting my need to go out and talk to people and, you know, be an adult and get dressed and wash my hair every once in a while. So I, I became pretty depressed very quickly after having a baby. And it was because of the kind of the career that I thought Mm. I had chosen. And so when I found photography, it was at first it was just an escape. It was a way to get out and and do something fun with somebody else, focus my energy on somebody, let them feel excited and fun and pretty. And it was just it was a great outlet for me. And I fell in love. I fell head over heels and it became my nights, my weekends, my obsession. That's awesome. And I mean, I know I can relate to having a baby is no joke. And then having a career that you're not happy about, I mean, that can just totally add to that depression, like you said. Yeah. And I didn't really have a business. It was just me taking on little assignments. And here and there, I would get a job and it was either designing t-shirts or working on someone's website, building a flyer. And the little I was getting paid to do those things, I had to do a lot of them. So it was very chaotic. It, It never felt like I truly had anything substantial. I was just I just had given myself a job. And what I was seeking out of that was freedom. Uh, It was, oh, I don't Ah. want a boss. I wanted to be my own boss, really. And that was one way to do it. But I, I wasn't able to reach the idea of the financial freedom that I was hoping to attain in the years to come. I wasn't able to really build something substantial in the way that I wanted to. And photography allowed me to do that. Yeah. You mentioned that, you know, you started shooting and that sort of thing. How did you even discover photography and what brought you to that point that you started shooting in the first place? So if if you'd asked me when I was maybe three years old, five years old, 10 years old, oh, what are you going to be when you grow up? I was the little girl who said an artist. So I've always loved art in all its forms. I I'm, have nothing to do with music, but anything else, if I could put my hands on it, draw it, paint it, take a picture of it, it was for me. I just, I loved it. I, I bled it. I thought about it all day long. I was always very creative. And my mother was an incredible portrait photographer. We just never called her that because she only took pictures of her kids and birds and you know other things, our animals. So I didn't really realize growing up how attracted to photography that I was just by being in front of my mother's camera with my siblings. And so when I started doing it, I had her to lean on a little bit. <laughs> I, I kid yeah. you not, I called her one day and I was using some point and shoot camera. And I think at this time, I'm not gonna lie, I probably took like 25 bucks for a session or something. And I had this camera <laughs> and I called my mom and I was like, um, so this lady with the hat, what's that setting? And what's the thing with the flower? And she's like, Christina, you cannot go out there charging 25 bucks to shoot someone's pictures if you don't know how to shoot in manual mode and know what exposure (laughs) is and know what ISO is. And I'm like, well, what is it? Can you teach me? (laughs) And so I kind of just like learned completely backwards. I was already selling myself before I even knew what to do. Right. Wow. Okay. That's super cool that you had your mom as an example. So at what point then were you like, all right, I'm done with graphic design. I'm so ready to just start a photography business. It was when I felt finally confident that I could do a good job with it. It was when I had just given away a couple shoots and then those people would post something on Facebook because Facebook at the time was still kind of a new thing, but everybody was getting on it. And, you know, it wasn't overdone. There wasn't a bunch of ads. Like everybody was just on there to share, look at my baby and look at my family. And uh, it really, one day I realized 
that I was so busy doing this little thing that I wanted to do on the side with all my free time that I had away from my baby that I just couldn't even take graphic design clients anymore. Yeah. Wow. Very cool. All right. So you decided to make the jump. And when you first started out, let's talk about then where you, I know you said you did a couple shoots where you weren't charging a lot at all, but what did that look like when you first started compared to where you're at now? So when I first started, it completely different. It was me and one camera with one lens and I would go out to a park and I would photograph a family. And that's really all I, I can did. totally relate. It was just like <laughs> me and some trees and a family. And like Florida has yeah. the worst green color grass ever. So everybody's like chins and all the reflections is just green grass. The poor blonde people had green hair. Oh, goodness gracious. But the <laughs> crazy part hilarious. is they're still so sweet. They're still my clients like seven years later and they still go, I love those photos that we have them up in our house next to your photos from last year. And it's so funny. But anyhow, you know, I just I really um, was out there doing the shoot and burn thing and didn't have a studio at the time and was just trying to figure out how do I get people to like the result of my photos. Right, right. For people who don't know, how would you describe shoot and burn? What is that? So taking a picture and then handing over all the photos to them, taking a fee for it, and then here's all your photos, and then going like, bye, I'll never probably talk to you again or give you any customer service or anything, just handing them all over digitally. Okay, so take me then to, you decided you're going to quit graphic design, you're going to really go for this. At that time, were you scared, you know, determined, was you know, did your family rely on you bringing in the money or was this just something you love to do and you were just going to do it for fun? So at the time it was definitely like I was married at the time and we were, we were struggling. Like we, we definitely weren't, we didn't have it together. I wasn't bringing in a whole lot with graphic design. So it's also not like I was too scared to give that up because I knew I, I knew I'd be able to cover the very little I was making as it was. But I also knew that I couldn't live the way that we were living for very much longer. So it was more, more than fear. I was more driven to get out of that. So the fear would creep in in small occasions, but I was usually too excited that I didn't even have to think about overcoming it because I was just like, okay, I want to do this and now I'm going to do this and I'm going to work on my website and I'm going to learn how to, and the learning too, the learning got me just going through videos and then going out and trying it the next day that, that really pushed me to go at a pace where 18 months went by in a blink and I opened a studio and I was like, how did I do this? Yeah. It was just a whirlwind. I can relate to this so much. We It's, it's so funny listening to this because we have such a similar story. I mean, I didn't have my kids until later in my business, but hearing you talk about how you were just going for it and the learning and needing to get out of something that was making you incredibly unhappy. Like I was a social right, worker prior to, yeah. yeah. And, and just being so burned out. And I know there are so many people out there who are in a job they hate. And so how did you take the steps like to really be coming to a point where you could charge a lot of money or you started charging money? Like what, what did that look like for you? Okay. So when I, I want to say it was early 2012 when I bought my camera and like looked at my family and basically said, I'm going to do this. And by 2013, so maybe nine months later, um, by early 2013, I decided to put my two-year-old in two days a week of daycare. And I was like, okay, I'm going to do 
a business. I'm going to go to work. I'm not going to do this with a baby on my arm and running around. Like I'm actually going to give myself two days a week where I can focus on building this. So that's when I would work on bookings. And the biggest thing for me is that I started taking time and going to networking meetings. So I really use that time to make connections with other business owners and to put myself out there in the community, started volunteering and, you know, giving shoots for good causes. And I think that really aided the bums on seats. And then once I had that, I really figured out, okay, now I need to nail down a price list. Now I need to get serious. Do I need a studio to be, to do what I want to do with photography? So I'm shooting the types of things that I want to shoot. The answer was yes. So the steps really went from me making that decision that I want to have this as my career, my full-time business. Uh, It was getting, getting somewhere for my son to go two days a week. Once he was in kindergarten, it was like, I was full-fledged you know, it had my studio open, never looked back. That's so awesome. So you had said that you were, weren't charging very much way back when. Mm -hmm. So at what point did you start charging enough to be sustainable? And what did that look like for you? Like, how did you make that jump to your clients who you were charging, you know, 50 bucks or whatever to where you're at now? Because you're killing it. Like, and, and that's one of the reasons I wanted to have you on this podcast is because you are just, just such a successful photographer. And I know you built your business from the ground up. So, you know, take us through how that happened. How did those changes occur? Yeah, I would say that I am a very busy photographer. I'm the photographer who is would just always rather be working. And so I have become very successful based on my uh, desire to constantly be photographing someone. Um, and the getting there from for the charging aspect was really about confidence and it was about learning the the art of selling and my worth. It, it had so much to do with what this was becoming worth because at first, I, I don't think I should have been charging any more than I was. But once I started making big investments, especially once you open a studio and decorate the studio and you're spending money on programs and now I've got a bunch of equipment and nice glass and furniture, then you're really creating beautiful work that's worth the money. So the jump, how I did it, because I was scared, you know, the, the fear of, of course, selling. yep was that I wrote down all the big numbers on my price list. And I st- when I opened the studio, I would give vouchers out and I would I would basically say all those big numbers out loud to my client. And then I would say, but this month I'm doing a sale where you get this for this much off or, or something just so that I was, and then I would work my way. If I made five sales, I was like, okay, now I'm going to take away that part of that voucher. And now I'm going to, until I finally was like, you know what? I'm working hard and I'm producing something awesome and the clients are valuing it and they're loving the experience. And then I let all the quote unquote discounts or vouchers go and was just charging my price. Awesome. That's so cool. Okay. So tell me a little bit more about how you learned all of this. Like, how did you learn about vouchers? You know, where did all of this come from? So when I first started, it was just jumping on Google and YouTube. And I mean, that was, that was the beginning when it was like, what is right, ISO? Right. And then uh, when you're just like, what, huh? Um, so when I really started to get serious about it and felt like, I needed to know more. I had hooked up with a girl who was a hair and makeup artist. She had worked through the Inveda Institute. And we kind of came up with this concept. We're like, what if we offered these cool sessions where half the fee goes to you, half the fee goes to me, you do a full makeover, and then I do a photo shoot and we'll market it to women, but they can bring their families. But we want to do photo shoots of these women. And we're having this conversation one day, literally in her kitchen. And we're like, then we'll give them an album or something beautiful they can hold on to. Well, her aunt was, 
she basically looked at us and she goes, oh, you want to do what Sue Bryce does? And at the time, I'd never heard of Sue Bryce. And I wasn't even in the into other photographers. I wasn't following photographers and I wasn't like on Instagram looking at people's photographers late at night. I was just kind of doing right. me and looking at magazines. And so I didn't know who or what she was. She said, oh, she does glamour photography. I'm like, glamour photography? What is that? Like I thought of my mom in the <laughs> 80s with the yep. gloves and the hair and the that, you know, that whole thing. And so I, I went into Google, Sue Bryce, glamour photographer. I literally, kid you not, Nikki, I could not peel my eyeballs away from that computer for days. I like cried. I was so, I was like, this woman is doing exactly what I imagined that I would be doing. And I just became involved in her education and it lifted me to another level. And it, and that had to do with sales. It had to do with posing. It had to do with, you know, every little aspect of the lighting and the confidence aspect and worth and value. And I, I haven't stopped ever since, you know, she's been on my journey this whole time. And I, I truly don't think I'd be where I am today in my life if I hadn't found Sue Bryce wow, Education. that's awesome. And I'm the same. I mean, my life was 100% been changed because of what I've learned from, from her and her education. So, and I want to bring this up because I do know this about you is that your husband ended up, now ex-husband, he had ended up quitting his job. And so you were the, the main breadwinner, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So tell me like, oh gosh, what was that like for you now? Sole provider with this photography business. I'm curious how Sue Bryce education, how did that help you to, to be as successful as you are throughout that whole transition? We had really gotten to a point where I was bringing in a large majority of the income anyhow. And I was being opened up really great opportunities where I could travel and photograph or where we as a family could go do something because I had these freedoms through photography. And it started to not make sense that I was getting up every day, getting the kid ready for school and taking him to school, then going to work for six hours, then picking him up from school and doing homework, and then going back to work for six hours. It it just became a lot. And so we had a conversation, you know, what what's our best way around this? Um, if I continue at this pace, we can continue to grow at this pace. And really nothing on his side was changing at all. So we made the decision together that we would just focus on my business and that eventually something could come down the line for him that he would be interested in, but that he would be a stay-at-home dad as a support. And you know what? It was a wonderful thing for him to do for me because he supported me while I got to grow and flourish. And, um, you know, there's a lot of pressure as the only person who brings in an income, but yeah. it is also... I was, I'm really proud of that. And now we have since gotten divorced, but I still am able to keep up my life. I'm still able to provide solely for myself and for my son. And I'm really amazed that I get to wake up and do something that I love, something that I would totally do for free and it supports my life and I live a great yeah. life. How cool that, you know, aside from the whole money part and being able to have you know, not as much stress about finances, but to be able to do what you love. And again, I can relate where after we had our kids, my husband ended up going down to part-time. He's an electrician. He went, he used mm -hmm. to work full-time and he went down to part-time just freelancing because I was bringing enough income in that he could right. do that. And, and it's just like, wow, what a relief to not be doing something that you hate every day. <laughs> you know, not to live for the weekends. And right. I true. I couldn't imagine. Ugh. Right. I can't, I, I can't look back at this point and 
I just, <laughs> even today, for instance, I was um, in an office photographing some corporate and th- that whole setting for me and some people it works amazing for, I just could not bear to do it. And so I'm, I'm happy yeah, that I get yeah. to be creative, you know, and it's not just the photography. I get two days where I go in, you know, every couple months and paint canvases and I'm covered in paint and I've got my music blasting. That makes me so happy. And that aids my career. It's those types of things, building new sets or backdrops. And it's, it's a lot more than just what the clients in front of you. It's the everyday work is really fun. Right. It's so true. And, and this is really interesting too, because everyone's so different. Like the thought of me going in and painting canvases and backdrops, I have zero desire. So, so (laughs) like there are other things that bring me, yeah, there are other things that bring me joy. And it's like, I feel like everyone does this for their own reason. And there's so many different reasons to do it. You know, maybe it's just making people feel beautiful. Maybe it is the creative aspect. Maybe it is because they, people just straight up want to make a lot of money and have the freedom to make their own schedule. There's just so, so many amazing reasons to have a business that you love. It's just so cool. Yeah. It's yeah, so you're cool. right. That's a really good point because even going to different photography conferences and meeting photographers from all around the world of different genders and ages, you do, th- everybody's got something different. Some people are super into the techie aspect of it. And some people are really into artificial lighting and other people just want to connect with people. Yeah, you're right. That's, that's a neat thing about photography. Absolutely. Absolutely. At the Portrait Masters conference that we were at recently, it's like the energy was just, it was insanely amazing. Like so many people were just so happy and so excited to be there and just sharing their growths and their struggles. And it's just such a cool thing. I love it. And speaking of connections, I want to back up a little bit because you had said you started to go to networking meetings Mm -hmm. and how that was a really important part of growing your business. So what did that look like for you when you were networking? So the first thing I started was at my church. So for me, that was kind of easy. I was already in that community. I was seeing them every weekend. I knew that the people who were at the church also had businesses and careers. And uh, so I started a business ministry with a couple other people at my church and we would come together and talk about each other's businesses and promote each other. And we're all very like-minded. So we were happy to promote each other. And I ended up meeting someone who brought me to this thing called a BNI meeting. And at the time he sold it to me like, hey, Wednesday morning, 7 a.m., come to this meeting and meet 50 professionals. And I'm going... 7 a.m. I've got yeah, a two-year-old no. at home. What? <laughs> like, are you crazy? So it took him a couple of weeks. So finally, I was able to work it out to drop my kid at my mom's at 6 a.m. and drive to this thing. And when I got there, my eyes just opened really wide because it was very systematic. Uh, it it made sense to me. It, I could see the money being passed around the room and I signed up that day. And I didn't even know what I was going to do for the next week. I asked nobody's permission to watch my kid. I was just like, yep, I want to do this. And so I just found a way to make it happen. And I found a way every week. It was a struggle, but it was worth it. And so after joining, I was able to open my studio really quickly. And you don't just go and get handed anything. You're there to make true connections. You use the services of the people in the chapter. You send them friends and family to start and then business associates. And they're very eager to send work back to you. And that chapter helped me grow everything um, very quickly and very organically. And I've so grateful. And to this day, I'm still in a BNI chapter. It really works for my business. Very cool. See, it's so funny. Again, it's one thing that works for someone else might not work for another person because 
that type of networking, it's not something that I was super interested in, but you and other people it's really worked well with where the networking that I've done is just been a, it's just been a different, a different experience. Although when it comes down to, like you said, is the relationship building, the connections, the connections. totally. Yeah. And then people start referring you. Yeah. Maybe you're not doing it business to business, but you're out exactly. there making connections with yeah, other humans. Just such a, but again, what it comes back to is that relationship building and connections. And I love that. So it, was there ever a time when you were growing or even now that you were struggling a little bit and just trying to, you know, move forward? Maybe your, you know, your growth was stunted a little bit with your business. So for me, I feel like that comes in cycles and it's interesting because it never comes around as the same hiccup or it never comes around as the same problem or being stuck. It's always on a different level, but it happens. Uh, This time of year actually is my annual burnout. It's so much fun. (laughs) So usually I'd be sick this week. It's on my calendar. Get sick next week because (laughs) I usually run myself into the ground. Uh, But yeah, so for me, it it just, it comes in cycles and I always have to remind myself why I'm doing this, remind myself that I'm good at doing this, remind myself that people want this service from me. Um, So yeah, I do get stuck. It's not just like it happened one time. Uh, And the way I, I get myself out of it is by going back and paying attention to the clients, not focusing on me, um, by giving my energy to other people. Right. And you have kind of an interesting setup with your studio, right? Yes. Tell us about your studio. So when I first opened the studio, the whole vital part and the whole reason why I was so excited when I found Sue Bryce was because she really taught me how to do the thing I was hoping I could do, which was put hair and makeup on people, give them this awesome experience before even coming into the camera, and then um, a beautiful fully guided photo shoot. So I opened in 800 square foot studio. I had a little sales consult room up front, which is basically a couch and a TV and a coffee table. And then I put a mirror on the wall with a stool and I got two girls who I could rely on to be freelance hair and makeup artists. And they would come in, get the girls ready, leave. And then uh, I would do the photo shoot and then it would next client, same thing. They would come back. And then it started getting a little more inconsistent where I needed them and they'd be too busy or we couldn't get our schedules on. And I'm like, okay, I need these girls to just work full time here. And I was trying to run the numbers. How much would I have to work them in order to pull that off? And it just didn't make any sense. We decided to take the studio, the building next door, like basically the little rental space next door became open. And so I took that one as well. So now I had 1600 square feet and then I busted through the wall and we opened a hair salon. So now the girls working in the hair salon are the hair and makeup artists, but when they're not on a photo shoot, they can pull in income in other ways. They do keratin treatments, they do cut, color, blowouts, all of these things that not only is amazing for both of our businesses because we're passing new clients back and forth all the time, but it's huge benefit to my client. That's so brilliant. So it's really fun. So brilliant. I love that you did that. You found a way to make it work. Yeah. And the best part is the environment. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You went in a situation where you're like, okay, hair and makeup isn't consistent right now. How can I make this work? I mean, and, and you found a solution instead of just focusing on the problem and quitting. Like, I love it. I love that you did that. So cool. Yeah, it's been it's been a great move all around. And uh, Katie and Ashley, who are in there, are just so wonderful and positive. And they're always, you know, we're always joking and laughing and have music going and there's gowns flying everywhere. I mean, I feel like I play Barbie for a living. It's super cool. <laughs> right. That's awesome. I mean, that's every girl's dream, right? Now, okay, so tell me about the typical client that you shoot. And, you know, as far as if you take out the family, that type of thing, what, is, what does it look like usually in your studio? Or unless if you do a lot of families, then, you know, that too. 
this time of year, we do shoot a lot of families and we, we do offer, I'm a multi-genre photographer, so I still shoot weddings. So a lot of times we'll have a bridal hair and makeup trial going on in the salon. And then I pull the bride, who's also my bride client for the wedding. I pull her over and we'll shoot either a boudoir session or an engagement session for her while she's already in her hair and makeup trial. Cause I convince her, Hey, you're going to look fabulous. Right. You have to get this trial done. Come next door. We'll shoot some quick boudoir. We'll send him an album on the day of the wedding. Like it's such an easy thing to transition to, or we'll go out and do their engagement session that day. So we'll start in the studio and then we transition out to sunset or another day, the next day, this happened this past week was I had a girl who does pageants in. So she comes, gets hair and makeup on. We do her pageant photos, her headshots. And then as she's getting her photo shoot done, I already have my headshot and personal branding client in the hair and makeup chair. And then once the pageant girl is gone, it was like, okay, Kylie, it was great to see you. And then my headshot client comes in. So smart. I just, That's just so awesome. Like you really have a cool business model working for you. And I love it. Thank you. Okay. Thank so you. take us behind, kind of behind the scenes with maybe a photo shoot that surprised you or you had a really high sale. Um, I'm super curious about that. Like a really good photo shoot that you've done. Because a lot of people will say, oh, you know, I can't charge that much money in my area. Mm. Actually, before we go into that, could you mind telling me what your average sale is for portraits? So when we do this full glam session and they come in for hair and makeup and sit for a sitting, come in for a sales session, I have an $1,800 sales average. That's, that's, that's a lot more awesome. than my $25 to $75 I used to right, charge. Right, right. I know. And I think about that. Like as a social worker, I made $3,000 a month. So you're talking about... per photo shoot in one day. Like, it's amazing. You know, I hear people say like, oh, you can't charge that where I live. And you're in Florida, right? Clearwater area? Yeah, so that's like the greater Tampa Bay area. Right, right. So we have people, which I'm sure you know, in the Sue Bryce education community all over the world. I mean, the UK, Fargo, uh, Michigan, Seattle, California, Australia. Australia. Like, people are are doing this and they're charging – industry standards so that they're not burning this, themselves out. It's just, it's so great to hear. Right. And so I just wanted to put that out there that you can do this wherever you're at. Like you can make it work. Yeah. And you're, you're an example of that for sure, finding a way to make it work. Well, it's really funny because I have had, you were asking like, oh, what's something exciting or a big sale? Um, I've had some really exciting photo shoots. Like I've photographed celebrities before and I've had some really amazing opportunities. I just recently got flown to DC for a very cool shoot that I literally was pinching myself the entire time. But I'm sorry, no one spends the type of money that a happy mom totally spends after she's come in and then had her kids come in. Like no celebrity is paying that much money. Totally, to me that's such a that's they such are. a good point. I remember being at this. I had a booth at at a women's show, and someone came and she bought a. It was a grandma, and she bought a session fee. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you hear people saying, um, you know, you have to qualify your clients, or how do I find the high end clients? Sure. And sometimes that's not what it is at all. It's exactly what you said, a happy right. mom. So it was grandma, mom, and then the granddaughter, the younger girl, and they they all came in, and during their sales session. They bought the highest package and the grandma said to me, I want you to know this is not how we, this is not the kind of money we normally spend. We're not people who, who have a lot of money to spend, but this is something that I wanted to use some of my savings on because it was mm. so important to me. Aww. And, you know, they're not people who typically make a lot of money or whatever, but like you said, when it, when it is just such an important thing to them, they'll spend it, they'll do it. Right. And, and 
we've given them in return these priceless family heirlooms that they'll have forever. Absolutely. Like, it's just such a cool exchange yeah. between service and, you know, product. And then they pay us for it. And it, it's it's really cool. It is. I've had far too many, I must say. And unfortunately, I know you're in the exact same boat as me. But I've had so much experience in the short time that I've owned my business with death. And those pictures become the most priceless, most beloved things, those happy moments and those family photos. And it just it seems to keep happening over and over in my life. And it's just a great reminder of the value. Oh, of what we absolutely. Do. That's such a good point. It's such a good point. It, it really is something that is it's priceless. And I think, you know, talking about this, it makes us, it makes me come back to the whole point where you had said earlier about finding your value and valuing your time and valuing your craft. And ultimately, and, and this, again, this is something that I learned from Sue. I know you did as well, is that when you learn to value yourself, your craft and your time, that's when it, you get over that fear of charging more and, re- and remembering that we're not stealing money from people. Right. They're choosing to pay us for a service that they were just blown away by, an experience that they loved. I mean, and think about too, when they come in to get their hair and makeup done at your salon and maybe they're, it's like a mother and daughter and what a fun day together. That's an experience they'll never forget on top of having the photos. I love that you provide that experience. Yeah. We have a lot of best friends come in which is, I love, like, I love nothing more than my girlfriends. When I get girlfriend time, it's like heaven to me. So getting to do that for girlfriends is so much fun. Like we'll open some champagne at the end and then we all become girlfriends and it feels like you've just been hanging out with the best people all day and really you're at work and you're getting paid. It's crazy. Okay. So on the flip side, have you ever had a shoot that you kind of like failed or you're just like, oh my gosh, I don't know if someone maybe wasn't happy or, you know, have you ever had something like that happen? Oh yeah. Haven't we all? (laughs) I feel like we've all been through that. Um, I mean, really with me, if, if something has failed, it's typically not my connection or my energy. Like even if I'm very very energyless. Somehow walking into my studio gives me enough to give to my client. Um, It's just really when I'm too maybe busy in my life at the time where I don't fully understand my client's needs. So that's sometimes where I'll fail, where I haven't truly listened to what they want. Or um, I've had a no sale before. I've had a zero sale where they paid their session fee, but it basically all went to hair and makeup and printing their proofs for them to come into their um, reveal. And the reason I failed at that was because I didn't spend enough time up front saying, hey, you need to bring your spouse. You need to be ready uh, to pick your photos. I kind of just threw her into the process and she didn't bring her husband and her husband didn't understand or value anything that I provided for her, even though it was the world to her. And I let her leave going, oh yeah, you can come back with him at another time and make a sale. And then he basically shut it down because he was the provider and he was the decision maker with money. So the failure usually for me comes from some form of miscommunication. Right, right. I love the way that you look at that, where is how, what did, where did I go wrong? I think it's super important as business owners when we're very service-based to look at what can I do better next time? I remember having, this was a couple of years ago, I had uh, three reschedules in like two weeks. And wow. I'm like, oh, okay, this That's is something is wrong here. Like, what am I doing? And I realized I had dropped the ball in mm. connecting with people ahead of time. You know, I didn't, maybe I didn't do the consultation right. or, you know, didn't get to know them as much as I should have at the beginning and ask them what they were excited about with their photos. And so in the end, once I realized that's where I was going wrong, I don't think I've had, you know, on occasion if someone's sick or whatever, but it's very rare that I have a cancellation right. now because I, 
you know, it, it's just a matter of us looking at what we need to do better and not blame it on the client. Yeah, I agree because it is easy to point that blame or to make an excuse for them. Oh, they just this, that, and the other. And really it was like, well, actually I dropped yeah. the ball. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So it sounds like you're still, your business is still doing so great after all these years and well, all these years, what has it been? Seven, six? <laughs> yes. Seven. All seven years. Yeah. It feels like all a lifetime. Years. I can't remember not even having But now, I mean, you're, you're a single mom. You still yep. provide for your son. Like yep. you still love what you do. It's so I cool. Do. So where do you see yourself then in the next five years, whether it's photography related or not? So I've, I've actually grown quite a passion lately for my next thing that I see myself doing. And it's all been related to photography, but I think this path that I'm on is very clear to me now. So um, my father, I grew up with a father who is an architect and a developer, and he also always loved photography, loved the arts, loved to paint. That's kind of where I got all my creative stuff from. And after he passed away, I was getting a very, very, very strong pull to more of what he does. He builds, he creates things. He takes something that wasn't there before and, you know, constructs it. And um, I'm still a wedding photographer, so I'm very drawn to events and weddings. And I love that aspect. So I started getting this very loud message a few years back that I need to build a venue. I kind of ignored it at first because that's very scary and I don't know what I'm doing and I can't do that. And then little things started. Once I started getting excited about it, things would fall into place and things would happen or a little tap on the shoulder. I'd meet somebody out of nowhere. And so I've been actively pursuing this uh, now for almost two years. February will be two years. And I'm really excited. It looks like there might be something on the horizon in the next five years. I want to basically open the most beautiful photography studio that also happens to be a wedding venue. Oh, that's so cool. I'm so excited to see. And I know you'll do it. I feel like you're one of these people who, when you set your mind to something, you're going to do it. So that's so exciting. Yeah. It'll just, it'll be a fun place to shoot. And then I can have associate photographers there and we could still grow this business to be even bigger and both businesses will help each other. Right. Right. From what I know about you, your strengths really lie in your connections with people and team building. And I mean, obviously you're an amazing photographer with what you create, but there's something really special about the way you communicate with people and make people feel really important. And I love that about you. And it's so cool. Are there any areas that you feel like, you know, you had to work harder at, or you had to grow more in throughout this whole photography business? For sure. I I think, like you said, it was natural for me to connect. It was natural for me to go out and confidently say, oh, I'm going to take your picture. But I wasn't always confident posing somebody. I was certainly not confident in lighting, especially when I moved myself indoors and just had two windows. I was not even close to confident when someone was like, here's a strobe or a flash. Right. What is this? What do you mean? What are these thirds? I, you know, that for me, the technical stuff always tripped me up. Same. And uh, I can relate. The, the learning of that was always the laborious thing that I had to do because the rest of it was easy. I could make somebody feel good, you know, doing anything. It didn't have to be taking their photo. I, I knew, I knew how to do that already. But yeah, learning all the technical stuff was quite a journey. What's your, your lighting situation now in your studio and your, like, what do you shoot with and what do you use? So I actually shoot 95% with strobe, but I have my strobe set up like a window. So it's basically as if I'm using natural light, 
I'm just using false light because in Florida, I never know what time of day I'm shooting. So I have two west facing windows. In the morning, the light pouring in is super blue. It's very, very blue and it's inconsistent. There's cloud, no cloud, cloud, no cloud, cloud. And so it it got me very frustrated trying to use the window light because then I'm chimping constantly. That breaks my connection with my client. If I have to look at the back of my camera to check light and then, uh, you know, having to pull reflectors really, really tight and close. So when I learned strobe and I learned it, I'm not even kidding you. I learned it from Felix Kuntz in the simplest form. And I still to this day know it only in the simplest form. It is for me, an alien bee pointed at a white wall, bouncing off the wall, up onto the ceiling and through a scrim back flooding all over my subject. So awesome. And a quick plug for Felix. He has that lighting course on Sue Bryce education in the portrait masters store. It's priceless. Love that course. That's why I, how I finally learned to use studio light after being so afraid of it for so long. So that's good to hear that you, that's how you learn too. Yeah. I think it was intimidating. He just makes it so simple. He makes it, he talks in language that I can understand. And I'm just, I feel like, oh, really? And I have started now, I actually um, watched his first course and I'm really excited to purchase the next one. But I've started going and playing with different light and actually using the strobe on my subject with a modifier and it's absolutely beautiful. But 95% of the time I'm using my little light setup. I can move the client around. I can throw in a black you know, hole with uh, V flats, or I could reflect white to change it. I could throw a hair light in there. Um, the, you know, it's it's very simple. Very cool. And what camera do you use? What lenses and what camera body? So I'm a Nikon girl, so I use the D750. And my favorite lens in the studio is the 2470. I just like how sharp it is. And then if I'm outdoors playing in a sunset, I love the 85. Awesome. I love the 85 outside too. That's so yummy. I know it is. There's something about it. I love that focal lens. Um, okay. So, Christina, if if you're talking to people who are just out there getting started, what's your best advice that you could give to them? For me, I think the part that I didn't realize because for, for me, photography was an outlet. So I didn't go into it the first time, the first couple of shoots thinking, oh, I want to start a business. That kind of came later. That came after tinkering around and playing. So if somebody already has made the decision, hey, I want to support myself. I want photography to be my career. I would say get real about the business part first. Yes. Like if I had started out my actual business with a business license, with systems in place and a structure, like I would be so much further ahead today because I really feel like what I did was learn to get good at getting bums on seats because I was so excited. I was so enthusiastic that it was contagious and people were flocking to it. And then I just got so busy that I've been playing like six and a half years of catch up basically. And I just feel like I'm always two steps behind my own business. So if I could start over, I would say, Christina, you can do this as a business. Let's learn business first. And then photography can come after. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I know personally as well, I was not a business person prior to starting a business. Like that's not something I ever learned. I didn't know how to price myself. I didn't know how to sell. I didn't know what business licenses I needed to get, what taxes I need to pay. Right. 
you have to pay sales tax. Right. Totally. And that's not to to overwhelm (laughs) people because I think what happens sometimes is people don't start because they're paralyzed with all of the stuff they need to do. So I don't necessarily want to scare people away from it, but it's being smart. Right. You know, one of the things I outsourced first, once I started making some money was a bookkeeper and a CPA to be responsible for Mm. my taxes and- You know, and it's it's in the grand scheme of things, it's not that much money to spend to save me hours of time and grief with the IRS later on. So I think it's things like that. Absolutely. And yeah, knowing that you're doing it right. Yeah, 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 definitely. Do you outsource a lot of stuff in your business, Nikki? I outsource my bookkeeping. I also outsource my retouching. So I send out to a retoucher who does skin retouching and fixes the backdrop for me if I have any issues. And then, of course, I put my own... I do like the color correction and exposure and any sort of, yeah, to make it my own and to make them look like my photos. But she does the basics. Do you do that as well? Yeah, I do the same. So outsourcing was always a pain for me at first, being a natural control freak and, you know, recovering lifetime perfectionist. (laughs) So I was always like, I can't have somebody touch this and I can't, I could do that better than somebody else. And one of the smartest things I ever did in my business was learn how to outsource, learn how to rely on other people. You know what? To be honest, some people have a much better idea of how something should be done than me, or some people connect with certain clients. And so the associates that work for the studio all have their strengths. And I'm so glad we get to use all of our strengths now. Yeah, that's so great. And again, like you built this really great team around you. And you said you were an associate photographer, correct? Yeah, I have two. And then I have an assistant who also shoots. Shyla does most of our retouching. She's absolutely incredible at it. Uh, Paul Warner started working for my studio I think over five years ago at this point, as a retoucher and photographer and wedding photographer. Um, I have Jennifer Foles on the team now, who's absolutely amazing. I adore her. And she just started BNI and is getting out now that she's new to Florida. So she's like building her connections and working on our new website. Like my team is everything to me. They're just amazing. Okay. So I have heard in our Sue Bryce education community, we have a private community, which I know you know, because you're a part of it, but just for those of, of you out there who don't know. And often people will post like, okay, I have this problem or this struggle or or even to share a success. Lots of great information happening in there. So sometimes I hear people saying, I'm moving to an a-, a new area and I, I'm not going to know anyone. Like I have to start my business over. I don't know what to do. Right. And what I love is what you just said that Jennifer, she moved to Florida not knowing anyone. Right. And she reached out to you. Is that right? So what happened was I had met Jennifer at the Portrait Masters Conference. And, you know, we through that community, we we knew each other's work and whatnot. And she she had moved. She's from Seattle originally. She had moved to Idaho uh, for a short time with her family. And then she just she'd kind of had enough. And her sister lived here in Florida. So she was down here for a visit with her sister, reached out to me on Instagram, just literally happened to be a time when I was in the exact area she was in. And we sat down over coffee for maybe 30 minutes. And there was some kind of soul connection that happened that day where it was just like, it made sense that we were supposed to be in each other's lives. We didn't know why or how or when. And then she makes this huge life decision to move her and her daughter to Florida. And so she reached out again, by the way, coming to Florida. So her plan was to 
completely restart her business that she already had. She had an established business. She was doing what she was doing and she was doing it well and she loved it. But here she just, other than her sister, she felt like, how am I going to do this at the pace I need to do it? How I don't have a studio here. I'm going to open it up in my condo. And there was a lot of what ifs, what ifs, what ifs, and that can be very scary. So we were having a conversation one day and there was just a really natural point for me to go, just so you know, if ever you'd like to come and work with the studio, I would be completely open to that conversation. And I think a light bulb went off for both of us. And she thought, you know, she would be 10 steps ahead if she comes and works with me alongside me, rather than just doing the same exact thing I'm doing in the same market without all the connections that I've built over right. the past I seven years. I love that. I love that. So in the end, she brought value to you just as much as you brought value Absolutely. to her. And I feel like that's such a perfect partnership. Right. So if you're out there and you're moving to a new city, maybe you know, reach out to someone else and see if someone's looking for an associate photographer, at least to get you started and going in that community. I think it's so great. Right. It's very mutually beneficial. And I, I can't tell who has won the most texts where we're both like, I'm so grateful for you. And I love you so much. <laughs> like, we're just constantly having a love fest for each other because we're so glad this has worked out. So awesome. What has been a high point for you in your career? Uh, the high points definitely come when I get to be involved in the community. So this past September, being at the Portrait Masters Conference and having the opportunity to be on the demo stage and talk to other photographers. In the Sue Rice Education yes, Community, right? Yes, in the right? Sue Rice Education Community. Like gotcha. that kind of stuff yep. lights me up. And it's it's really knowing, like not only am I doing my thing back home and I have a business and making money, but the high points for me come when I know that also within my industry, I'm doing something right and able to make connections with you know people at the top of their game. It makes me so excited to move forward and grow and build. Yeah, I love that. Very cool. Okay, so I have just a couple quick questions, four questions that I'm going to ask you, and we ask this to all of our guests. Okay. The first question is, what's something you can't live without when you're shooting? Hmm. You mean besides a gallon of water because it's so hot here in Florida? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the humidity? Oh, I can't imagine. It's a lot. It's a lot. And besides your camera. And besides my camera because I need that. I love a good <laughs> wafting board. What is that? Tell us. Tell us more. Like just like a dollar store piece of cardboard to blow people's hair like to fan. <laughs> nice. I love it. I love my wafting board. I can't tell you how many times my poor son had like six years old, seven years old, eight year old. I'm like, come to the studio and waft my client oh, for me. I love it. Um, And I love Apple boxes too. I drag those things everywhere. Perfect. That's for posing, right? Yeah. yeah so yeah. people to either put their bums on, bring their feet up, bring bring their knees into the shot so you can incorporate their hands. You can yep. stack them and build a table. To, it's, yeah, they're a must-have. Okay, how do you spend your time when you are not photographing or being a photographer? Always with my family. You can just put me and my dog plus a little bit of sunshine, our golf cart, some salt water, and I'm just a happy, happy girl. Oh, that sounds so dreamy. I love it. <laughs> um, do you have a favorite inspirational quote? Oh, God, I have 200. <laughs> but I do I do have a favorite. It's it's a quote, but it's more like a soliloquy, I would say. How much time do you have, Nikki? Because <laughs> it's a good one. Not that much more, so go for it's, it. It's, it's basically the thing that drives me every day. I feel like it not only relates to the, the business of what we do, it relates to the value of what we provide, but I think it... Um, it brings back what we're really here on this planet to do. And it's a quote. I don't know if you've ever read anything by Marion Williamson, but she I had this beautiful book. 
Oh, it's all right. Well, I'm going to send you a copy of a <laughs> book called awesome. A Course in Miracles. She's so incredible. And hold on. I've got to like, I got to get in monologue mode for this quote because it's such a long one. But uh, she says that our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate, but that we are so powerful beyond measure and that it's our light, not our darkness that most frightens us. And we ask ourselves, and this is what clients ask all the time, who are we to be brilliant and fabulous, gorgeous and talented? But in the reality, it's like, who are you not to be? You're a child of God. And if you play small, that is not serving the world. And there's nothing enlightened or exciting about shrinking or trying to be your full self so that other people don't feel insecure around you. And she talks about really letting your own light shine. And then you're giving other people permission to do the same thing. And you're liberating the whole world. It's my favorite quote. So good. I get tingly. Incredibly powerful. So many amazing parts to that. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. You're welcome. Okay, last question. What would you say to people who are getting started, but want, or, or maybe they've been a seasoned photographer for a while, but they want to learn more about Sue Bright's education? Because obviously we've talked about that quite a bit because it's been life-changing for us. What would you say? Yeah, it has. Sue Bright's education has given me all the tools I need. Um, but when you're first getting started, I think that I would say, A, don't get overwhelmed. Like start somewhere and then do the work. So don't treat it like, oh my goodness, I have to take two months out of my life and sit and watch every single video and then I can start my business. No, 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 that's not how it should work. You should figure out where you're at and then don't be passive about it. Like watch a video on one specific thing, say it's posing and say it's posing, it's something specific. So, cause the videos break down into such small little chunks. So say you watch a video on posing curves, then just go and do that one thing. And just focus on posing that one client. Then you watch a lighting video. Go practice that. I would just suggest that you don't go in there and become just a viewer. Be a doer. Go. And I think, you know, that's how you did, how you've built your business. That's how Bethany's built my business. That's how I built. If I would have looked at Sue's story and thought, oh yeah, well, you know, she's been doing this for 23 years and she's so talented and her work is, I could never, I would have just intimidated myself right out of the whole situation. But I was like, okay, she did that one little thing. I'm going to go do that one little thing. Oh, now she taught me to do this. So just do the work and, and you know, break it down and wherever you are at, let it help you. Don't let the courses run you. Be a doer, not just a viewer. I love that. Be a doer, not a viewer. Yeah. (laughs) Don't just sit and watch and then go on Facebook and complain about stuff. Like go shoot somebody with a camera. Go photograph somebody. (laughs) I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for chatting with me. I it always was a love pleasure, talking Nikki. with you. It's such a great story you have, and I'm really proud of you. You've worked really hard, and it shows. Thank you. So I adore cool. you. I'm excited to see this this venue of yours yes. come to life. Will you come visit? Can oh, I photograph you and your little of man course. in it? Of course. <laughs> of course. Awesome. Anytime. You don't have to ask me that twice. All right. Thank you so much. Thank we'll talk you. soon. Thank you so much for listening today to the Portrait System Podcast. If you like what you heard, we would really love for you to leave us a five-star review either on iTunes or wherever you're listening. And I really, really want to encourage you to head over to SueBriceEducation.com. Over there, you can find all of the education you need to become a successful photographer. It's only $35 and there are over 1,000 on-demand educational videos on things like posing, lighting, styling, retouching, shooting, marketing, sales, business, and self-value. There's also the 12-week startup program that I love. 
and there are posing downloads, lighting downloads. I mean, truly everything to help make you not only a better photographer, but to make you more money. Once again, that's SueBriceEducation.com.